for all my people out there that got a job. Friendships or Black History Month? Friendships. Why friendships? Oh, because I love black people, but, but they black people don't always be around. But friendship, it's like different than black people. Friendship comes and goes. Black History loyalty. Month. But black, black History Month, month will be, be here forever. Friends come and go. Well, if you had to pick one for, like, you had to just pick one that exists, though. You had to pick one that ever exists. Friendships or Black History Month? Hey, friendship. Friendship. About the black history where we went through. I'm already black myself. Ah, you know what? A true king is spoken. I, we got to give it up to our youth. Welcome back to another episode of Bree the Black Sheep. I'm your host, Bree the Black Sheep, the Black Bachelorette, self-proclaimed, because I don't want these niggas. These niggas want me. Listen, homie said I've been black. I'm black every day. I was born a nigga. I'm a die nigga. We just got to take a couple of takeaways from that clip because it was so funny to me. First of all, it's already a very hard choice to choose between Black History Month and friendship. What? But then he was like, you know what? No, I'm already a nigga. So what, what, what does that matter? I need my homies. I need supports. And I, I felt that because what is Black History Month? Is it for us or is it for everybody else, all the non-niggas in the world to know what happened to us? We already know the history. Well, most of us do. You know, Portia said how you power the Underground Railroad. But anyways, that's neither here or nor there. Black History Month is a time where the non-niggas have to appreciate our history and actually be taught the things that we have been through and the reasons why we are here. So the fact that this boy was like, you know what? I'm already a black person myself. And so I choose friendship. I love it. Stand on it, King. We respect it. All right, y'all. Let's get into how I have been. And I have decided to do a new thing. And because my brain has such negative bias and constantly talking about the bad things that happen in the world because the world is so trash. Um, I just wanted to count my wins and what is a positive thing that has happened for me recently. Um, this past week, I went to therapy twice, which was so amazing because I had missed therapy for a whole month. Just there are times when I'm like, have kind of avoidant and just don't want to face the things that I'm really feeling. And I'm someone who can just keep going, keep a smile on. I'm good. Um, but I had two sessions and my therapist is my girl. Okay. She rocking with me. She's, she's, she my support. See, you got to have friends. I like the little boy said, um, but just actually knowing that I needed it and taking advantage of it. And y'all, my job pays for therapy completely. So please talk to, um, your EAP or your job about free benefits and going to therapy. I have also decided to deep clean my home because it really needs to, like sometimes when you think that you're okay and your house and your room is a mess, it's actually like how you feel, okay? That's why you everything's a mess because you feel like a mess. And when you clean up, clean up you everything's just so put together. Um, shout out to my amazing roommate, Luli, because she is, as well as a model, she's a Virgo and she got big Virgo energy because she's her things are always so tidy and neat and when I go on her side of the house um I just feel really good and positive you can feel her energy things shift so my win will be that I'm matching her energy and I'm going to try and clean up care for myself and really take care of my mental health and I've been doing it um but anyways how about while caring for ourselves we bust these nuts let's get right on into these nuts y'all these nuts <laughs> My first nut is a very, very heavy nut. Um, Brittany Griner was sentenced to nine years in Russian prison, which is fucking devastating because 
She had what 0.7 grams of, of hash oil. That's all she had on her. And for it's really sad to me to see um, someone like R. Kelly go to jail and all of these black men defend him. And then all of these black men on my timeline on Instagram. Um, just talking about how she should have known better. Black people in general, when black people do things, they're like, you should have known better. They already looking at us. We deserve to make mistakes and not get nine years in prison. Straight up, period. And I don't even think it's a mistake because all around the world, weed is legal. So the fact that they have these laws just to do racist ass shit like this is insane. Nine years. Being in jail is supposed to be a punishment as a form of restitution so that you can learn from your mistakes. What can someone with 0.7 grams of hash oil who already can enjoy that leisure in the United States learn from being in a Russian foreign country in prison for nine years? And, you know, when I first read it, I literally wanted to throw up. I couldn't even process how awful it was. And as a black woman, you see yourself in this black woman and you're just like, it's so awful to know she has to go through this and be alone. This is a woman who is probably so terrified and went over there because the United States has such a um, very limit, like a, a limit on how, what you can do as a, a female basketball player, the height that you can go and how much money you can make. They have to go overseas. So the fact that she's already in this predicament is just so messed up. And I really am just hoping that we can get this overturned or we can get her free. You know, I just cannot even believe it. <sighs> so... Prayers out to you and your family, Brittany Griner. And we are all fighting for your freedom, girl. We will not stop talking about this. We will not forget you. My second nut. Okay, I know y'all have all seen this video of Blueface and Krishan Rock um, fighting. And everybody really is obsessed with this toxic love story. But really, I am so scared for that girl. Like, she is clearly does not have a lot of self-esteem she clearly has mental health issues and needs help everybody got mental health issues but the extents of what she will go because she believes that this man loves her and that this is love that she is in it's just outrageous and what's actually more outrageous is the fact that this man is literally pimping her out this man has all this height cred and publicity off of this woman this girl is the story whatever you want to say about Krishan rock ghetto trashy whatever the tooth People love her. I like watching her. I'm not going to lie. I, when I see her stories, I don't just go flat past her. I don't just hate. I think she is entertaining, but it's so sad how off the rail she is. Like this man stuck her like a like you stick a dog on a cat, like stuck her on his mama and sister and told him to fight his literal family. Like this woman is a, is a slave to this man in the worst way. It's very scary to watch. It's scary to watch our youth watch it and think that this is cute, normal. There is like no one in the public eye that's their age that like people follow that has a healthy relationship the healthy relationships we see are very coveted and closed off which is good and healthy but the public relationships like this that we see our youth sees and this is what they think is normal this is what they think is cute when my when i broke up with my ex and he's stalking me showing up 10 20 times blowing me up that's what i thought was was love that's what i thought like you love me so much you won't leave me alone i'm like they just really in love this is what i'm thinking in 19 and 20 hell no this is fucking abusive as fuck. And I know people are trying to decide if it's mutual abuse back and forth. Blueface holds all of the power in that relationship and it's very obvious. Whether or not she stole off on him that day, what you learn about power and control is only one person is holding power. The other person is responding to it. So even if he didn't hit her that day and she hit him first, not saying that that happened. I'm just giving y'all the worst of what y'all say women do. 
responding to his emotional abuse, him cheating, him controlling her, him acting a certain way. He wasn't scared of her ass. It ain't like he was trying to get away and people were like, oh, help this man. No, they do this back and forth and he's still left with her. Like he is literally pimping her out for fame. And it is so sad to watch this girl just go through this and people just continue to have it in public eye and and continue to spread the news like it's cute. Um, it, It very much gives me Mike Tyson... And fuck, what was her name? Uh, fuck what? Oh, uh, Rob- Robin Givens. Robin Givens. Um, it gives me that that type of toxic relationship because he used to say that Mike Tyson used to say that him and Robin Givens would be fighting, acting crazy, have all these uh breaking news about their fights, and would be at home watching it. Would be at home snuggled up watching the shit that they that they were doing. Because it was just how crazy and toxic the relationship was. So that's how I feel very much about this relationship. I hate it. I hate it for her. I hate that men think that it is okay to... This woman literally has a tooth of this man. And he wants her to take it out and have no tooth around other people. Because he's that obsessive and crazy and controlling. It's not okay. And for all the people saying she should just leave. Women think that this is love. So start telling men to treat women better. And stop telling women to leave. Yes, we know women should leave, but if this is what they go from one to relationship to the next, because men in general just are controlling and obsessive in their love relationships, and this is what they're being taught and nurtured into being in their relationships, we have got to get some accountability. It's awful. I It's just a train wreck that everyone cannot stop watching. I understand, but I really am scared for what will happen if this man just doesn't want to be with her no more because uh, I don't know. Speaking of narcissistic men, my third nut is for Neo. Neo double downs on being a fucking narcissist by having a baby on his biracial wife because, you know, he used to go with a black woman and we know the Hollywood story. A black man leaves his black woman for a non-black woman or a mixed woman as soon as they get to Hollywood. He was with Monietta. And if y'all ever, if y'all know their story, it's actually tragic as fuck. He even made this woman get her tubes tied because he didn't want more kids just to go and cheat on her and have a baby and have a, another family with this wife that he has now. And, and how you get them for the preferences of the world who loves to think they better than black women is how you lose them, girl. Not saying that this is on her, but very much this is what men do. This is what Kevin Hart did. This is what men do when they get into the limelight, into Hollywood. The baby did the same thing and then will still treat all of those stories. Those women still got treated the same way the black wife did. So then when they come out like Neil's wife is talking about how they're just done and in the public eye, then you wonder why Neo's response is he liked the message that his wife, first of all, he liked the message that his wife wrote, um, telling the world that she was done. And after all these years of being hurt and he had a baby on her, he liked it. He liked the post. And then he ran and wrote his own post and was like, it was just so narcissistic. Go look at it. It was very much given. Um, don't believe the things that you see. And this is a private matter. Niggas love to have a baby on you in the public eye and then act like it's we need privacy here. OK, it's not about the things that I'm doing. It's about the fact that you're publicizing it, bitch. That's how niggas be on some real shit. So just this is just a little tidbit for the women who think they're the preferences with these black men, especially dark skinned black men, because y'all know y'all love a look. OK, you love a biracial baby. You love it which are biracial baddies. Um, and then they come up and still treat those women the same. The only difference is they like to parade these women around like trophy wives so that other men compliment them while still disrespecting them and being just as narcissistic in the bedroom. I mean, in the household. So congratulations, you won the prize. My fourth note, what we on? One, two, three, four. Okay. 
My fourth nut is birthright birthrights. Okay, Black Americans, y'all have birthrights. Don't know if you know, but here it goes. If you're between the ages of 13 and 30 and you are a Black African-American and you have not been to Africa after 13, if you trace your roots and figure out where you're from, they will pay for you to go to Africa. I don't even know if you have to have... Um, I just want to go sign up already. I don't even know if you have to actually have proof or do one of the genetic tests, but if you are Black in America and have not been to Africa after the age of 13 and you were 30 and under... And I'm 29, about to turn 30 next week. Bitch, I'm going to get my birthright trip on flea. Okay. Anyways, they will pay for you a trip to go to Africa. Okay. There's these certain qualifications on the page. You have to go. Go follow Birthright Africa. They even pay for a trip that's happening this month in August with um, Jadena. You get to go with him, see him, dance with him, get your birthright on. So I'm definitely doing it. I hate that Zuri won't be 13 while I'm 30 because, I mean, that would have made me 17 when I had her. But anyways, we could have went together, okay, because her dad is actually like Nigerian. So she know her roots for real on her daddy's side. And that would just be amazing to know. Um, so I'm going to go see and get it going and get my birthright trip. But trip. So it's to everyone who is an African-American in the United States. They will pay for you to go to Africa. It is legit. Do your thing. My fifth and final nut. Beyonce has dropped Renaissance and it has faced lots of backlash, but lots of good lash, if that's even a fucking sense. What's, what's a backlash? Back fourth lash. What would be the opposite of that? I don't even know how backlash started. Anyways, this album was so good. I actually went to a listening party with um, another Brianna, which was cool. And it was so awesome. We heard it in the club. They took three minutes to play it and everybody was pissed because it was dropping. Everyone was online. We literally had our phones out trying to play it, but the DJ had technical difficulties. I loved it. You know, I liked the first half. The second half started to drown out on me and just kind of sound like just a bunch of of music. But we also were in a club. We had waited for it. um, And it was just starting to just... Our energy was deflating. We were just like dancing so much at the beginning. We were like, huh? So then when I went home and re-listened to it, I was like, oh my God. This, she's literally speaking mantras and chants to where you feel like you are vibrating at a higher level listening to the, the music. It's like, oh my God, this is something spiritual. This is some spiritual shit for the soul. It's so good. It's really that good. Let's talk about the backlash, okay? Khalees was fucking upset. And I hate when the media pins a black woman against a black woman. Yes, she went straight cutthroat towards Beyonce. But it irks me because while Khalees definitely had a point, and especially dealing with the shit she's dealt with with Pharrell in the past, I back her completely 100% for wanting credit and ne- and wanting to be told about being on a song before you, you take my music. I hold my music dear. And if I don't fuck with you, I don't fuck with y'all, period. So I feel that. I love that, but I really wish she would have went after the producers only instead of calling Beyonce out of her name and doing all this stuff because it will never, one black woman to another black woman, it will never be taken um, a certain way. Not saying you have to perform a certain way for people to understand what you're upset about, but I don't like when two black women are pinned against each other. I just hate it because then the message is lost. What Kali says matters. And it, I can see why she is upset. And I'm glad that it, her voice was taken off and she gets to have her her um, narrative and how she wants to present her music. I'm really happy for that. And I'm also glad that Beyonce just didn't respond like she normally does and let it be. Just did what she did, did what Khalees wanted, took her off, let that be. Um, 
So, yeah, it's just one of those situations where it doesn't have to be a right and wrong. It could just be my feelings are hurt, bitch. I don't like this shit, period. And it, it was what it was. Also, the backlash of the word spaz. So I am also guilty of, of calling myself a spaz all of the time. I always say that. And I do understand that it is an ableist term. And I'm glad that I'm just now learning this because it's not okay. I do want to say that only black women ever get held accountable. All of the things that people say in their lyrics and songs, black, the two black women who are being held responsible for this word are Lizzo and Beyonce. Everyone should be held accountable. I'm not saying that they should not be, but you see how only black women are made to be accountable for things. When black men do it, the lyrics aren't changed. Everybody just defends them. But these two black women who I adore decided to change those lyrics because they understood in the ableist community that it does impact people who are, who actually have spastic characteristics and it affects their lives. So I back that. I understand. I just don't like the people of color are always the ones to be held accountable. And literally nobody else in history has to change their lyrics. Um, but that nut in itself actually got me to talk about our topic of the week this week. So speaking of the lyrics, this is a perfect segue into what I'm going to be talking about. Um, I wanted to go and look up just the craziest lyrics to like disturbing lyrics lyrics that i'm just like what is the fuck how did they even get away with this um so yeah we're gonna take a break and that is what we're gonna be talking about today okay y'all we are back and i was prompted to do this because i feel like when you think about how crazy and I don't know, problematic the world is. You're just like, how did it get this bad? But it's like, actually, it's always been pretty bad. And I think the messages and the media and the things that we're putting out is we've just normalized how crazy it is. And I swear to you, when I was looking this up, I was like, it's going to be a bunch of rap lyrics because people always want to act like black music is the worst, most violent music. Even in movies, when you watch a movie, they play, it'll be the whitest fucking movie, but anytime that there is like somebody getting spicy or it's about to be violence or somebody about to fuck, black music comes on, okay? Because that's how they see black people. So I was like, this is going to be hard because it's going to literally just show rap lyrics be evil. But I was extremely surprised to know that, no, white people have, or just non-black people in general, but especially white people have been writing insanely, violent, awful, misogynistic, disturbing ass lyrics. And I'm not just talking about Eminem. Eminem is the only one y'all know about because he was rapping with black people and making black music. So other whites made him the target because he was dabbling with the blacks, right? Um, but actually, some of the worst music come from just white people just talking about their regular ass shenanigans. Um, so I have to go over these lyrics. We're going to actually... Do a countdown of the most disturbing lyrics I found because number one will shock you. When I read you guys these lyrics, you're going to be like, oh my God. So white people have just been really openly talking about how much, how racist they are. And and men just openly been talking about how much they hate women. And then the world just been singing along to the lyrics and people have just been openly talking about wanting to murder and chop each other up. It's crazy to me. I, this It was so much worse than I could even imagine. So let's start with the first song that just blew me away. So number one is going to go to Brown Sugar by the Rolling Stones. Y'all, I, the Rolling Stones, the Rolling fucking Stones. There's a fucking magazine named after how amazing this 
musical group is. I'm just really blown away. Um, I don't really know nothing about the Rolling Stones. I'm not gonna play with you. I just know that they're insanely famous. Watch it be just one person and their name is just the Rolling Stone, like the weekend. But I don't really know. Anyways, listen to these lyrics. This song, this is a fucking famous ass song by the Rolling Stones talking about slave ship, talking about black people getting whipped, talking about fucking little black girls and tasting the black girls who were slaves. Ain't that crazy? I am just, please go look up these lyrics. I'm just blown away. Number two comes by, comes by another white person who I just checked last week, Iggy Azalea because of her cultural appropriation. So is it shocking that she's a a white person rapping these lyrics on the song Drugs, D-U-R-G-S, actually, by Iggy Azalea? She says, tire marks, tire marks, finish line with the fire marks. When it really starts, I'm a runaway slave master. Shitting on the past, gotta spit it like a pastor. This This is a song featuring YG, another black man. But you know how black man is. She's signed to... She was signed at the time to T.I. So signed to a black man while rapping about being a slave master while appropriating black women and dressing like black women, making her voice like black women. Is that not crazy? Is this not crazy to people? And the fact that all I remember. So this is when um, Azalea Banks called her ass out, lit her ass up on the Internet. And the only thing I remember about this time was that. Azalea Banks was just so mad that she was being compared to Iggy Azalea because their names and she was just jealous of this white woman's fame. So to know that it was over that and y'all gaslit this black woman into feeling like she was just a problematic person talking shit about um, this white woman when this bitch was calling herself a slave master in in black music, just being inside of black music, appropriating, making success while talking about being a slave master and y'all act like it don't go that deep but it really does because she's from fucking australia you ain't around no fucking black people so come over here and call yourself a slave master while being in our fucking culture and y'all still allow her in this culture i swear white people can get away with murder well i mean they absolutely can we know that kyle rittenhouse um They can do whatever they want, but it's just so crazy that they're not even held accountable inside of our culture where they step into. Anyways, number three. Number three is literally going to set the tone for the next couple songs because I just realized what men love to rap about and sing about. And I just say rap because I'm just thinking about just rap music, period. But men love to make music about harming women like and this song is just a small tidbit of the next couple of songs so this song is literally called date rape by sublime and um it's obvious what the song is about and there's a lyric where it says come on babe it's your lucky day shut your mouth we're gonna do it my way come on baby don't be afraid if it wasn't for date rape i'd never get laid This is Sublime. These are like the fact that Sublime and Rolling Stone have these music and no one has ever discussed or talk about these narratives. I'm like, 
y'all just don't be caring that men be out here raping. I don't think rape is that. I think rape is one of those things where a lot of people feel like it's inevitable for women. So it's just kind of like, why not sing about it and boast about it? Um, anyways, the song is basically about a rapist who is caught and sends a prison where he ends up getting butt fucked at the end by another large inmate, which is, I guess, restorative justice, right? Um, but why are we making a whole song about this? And then the video features the porn star Ron Jeremy. So if that doesn't tell you how these people feel about women, then I don't know what will. Number four is a song called Chloroform Girl by P- Chloroform. Why can I say that? Chloroform. Chloroform. Chloroform Girl. Yeah. By Polka Dye Cadaver. This song I picked because this song sounds especially upbeat and cheerful. It's like like that song, all the other kids with the pumped up kicks. But it's just about, you know, shooting people, school shooting. But this song is very upbeat. So it's just like crazy to me that if you really listen to the lyrics, it's this awful. Um, and one of the lyrics, it says, you're only alive because I like you. It's been three years since you've seen the sunlight, but I know you're having fun. Bound, gagged, and chained up in my basement. Ain't that crazy to put out this narrative that women just love to be in these crazy predicaments? And it's not so um, insane to think that people really do this. People really do chain women up. Women go missing all of the time. So the fact that you're just blatantly singing about this in a song and people are just jamming along to it, singing their hearts out about this girl who has been chained up in a basement. It's just like wild to me. And a lot of these people are rich. So who knows if they did this in their spare time. So, Number five is Rick Ross on U-O-E-N-O. You ain't even know by Rocco with several other artists who a lot of people have heard this backlash on this song because it's so bad. Rick Ross lyrics state, put Molly all in her champagne. She ain't even know it. I took her home and I enjoyed that. She ain't even know it. And of course, with all the the of the past lyrics you just heard me read and all the past lyrics these men have heard, I don't even think when they write this stuff or say this stuff, people think it's a big deal. But this song especially got a lot of backlash, of course, because it's a black man and you're going to hold black men to higher standard because ain't nobody talked about these other songs. But just thinking about the fact that this nigga sat down, wrote this song and actually admitted out loud, I want to put this girl unconscious and she will not even know I'm having sex with her. He blatantly said that shit. She did not even know it. I enjoyed that. After giving her a pill and she didn't even know it. I just don't understand how he thought it was okay to say. But then this is a man who him along with Kodak Black along with Boosie have openly admitted they will not sign women to their record label unless the woman has sex with them so i don't care if she likes it wants it if she wants anything from me she has to give her body up and a lot of men are totally fine with that narrative and which is crazy because there are so many men i know living off women right now who broke as hell bummy as fuck and girls do everything for them and they can't even be nice at the end of the day so the fact that men think if they give you a buck you're supposed to drop them jaws or suck they dick or go unconscious and let all these men have sex with you or I have sex with you and you don't even know. It's like at the end of the day, you played the game. And it's unreal to know that they feel this way because it's rape. 
just straight up rape. How would you like it to be knocked out and then have people fuck you or a man fuck you? Because you always think if it's a woman, you could care less. But have a man, someone you don't want to have sex with your body, have sex with your body. Then all of a, all of a sudden, y'all understand, right? Anyways, number six. <sighs> number six is unfortunately Beyonce's husband doing some very lame ass shit. In the song on Monster, Jay-Z's verse, Monster by Kanye West, Jay-Z's verse says, murder, murder in black convertibles. I kill a block. I murder the avenues. I rape and pillage your village, women and children. So I don't know if you've ever seen Game of Thrones, um, but it is a running narrative that when a man takes over a village or when a, not a man, when one group is dominating another village. One village is going to the next, dominating another village. They rape their women as trophies for conquering that village. So this is something that has happened since the Donaton that actually happens in real life. But Game of Thrones is where I've just seen it be so in your face and specific and brutal and raw like that on TV. But he says this and it just blows my mind that he would even say something so dumb. And it's like, this is someone who's so fucking famous that it's like, how should you know not to say raping of women and, and little kids? And he smooth got away with saying that shit. Cause I didn't even know he said that shit till right now. So when people this big who are global, famous, can get away with saying things like this, men, this lets you know that the lowest level of man knew know that they can go around and rape because the highest level can speak about it while without any repercussions or anyone saying anything about it. So <sighs> yeah, do better. Number seven is Tron Cat by Tyler the Creator. And I put this song specifically because we all know Tyler the Creator has recently came out as gay, queer, whatever. So I wanted to make a point about this because even men who are not necessarily interested in women or dating women or having sex with women will still put out lyrics as horrible about women because it is a boy's game. It's a boy's world where we can... um still talk shit about women and get a lot of fans and a lot of publicity and a lot of fame for it. So Tyler, the creator says she's running around this motherfucking dungeon, her legs loose until I accidentally get the saw to her head. Oops, victim, victim, honey, you're my fifth one. Honey on that topping. When I stuff you in my system, rape a pregnant bitch and tell my friends I had a threesome. You got a fucking death wish. I'm a genie. It'll get done. <sighs> Number, we'll be on number eight. I purposely did behind Tyler, the creator, because this next song is very homophobic. And it's amazing how um, a straight passing man like Tyler, the creator will still oppress women while then actual straight men are straight. They say they straight. I ain't calling him out. I'm just saying like men, I think queerness is a spectrum. But anyways, a man who is actually fucking straight will still be oppressive to the next gay man. Which is what J. Cole did on his song, The Illuminati. He made this in 2013. It says... And when every time I say F word, you know that that means the actual F word. I just will not say that because that's not my word to use. 
He goes, my verbal AK slay F words. And I don't mean no disrespect whenever I say F word. Okay. F word. He's actually saying the F word guys on the song. So don't be so sensitive. If you want to get fucked in the ass, that's between you and whoever else's dick it is. Pause. Maybe that line was too far. Just a little joke to show how homophobic you are and who can blame you. I don't even know where to start with this fucking lyric. <laughs> like the fact that he said the F word so many times, the fact that straight men talk about men fucking other men so much for no reason. There's not a group or collective of gay men talking shit about straight men for being so trash and ain't shit. But gay, but straight men cannot keep gay men's dick out their mouth. Like they literally cannot. And it's just like, why? The fact that y'all are so homophobic makes me just think like, what is happening? And then these are the woke men. This J. Cole is one of the woke ones. And um, the... Jay, I mean, Kendrick Lamar is the world because Kendrick Lamar just came out the album and it's like, ugh, the Dave Chappelle's, the Boosies. It's like the men that we say are so woke and say all these things that help the community and the culture constantly. Well, Boosie isn't in that category, but everyone else um, will still say things like this and still push a, a homophobic narr narrative. And it's like, it's still the punching down. It's like, we already oppressed as black people, but I can still punch down these black people. You know, like it's <sighs> and his last line, who could blame you? It's like, who could blame you for being this homophobic when we know that this sells? It's awful. OK, number nine goes to the game for his verse on. Uh, let's see. Switch lanes, Tiger Stone switch lane. The game has a verse on there where he says, get lost in that pussy. You will never find her. Eat it like lasagna. Eat it like E-Honda. Shout out to Breezy and beat it like Rihanna. I wanted to talk about this lyric because it's so crazy how black a black woman's trauma can be made so public and worldwide to the point where it is just a joke. We are always the butt end of a joke, right? And Rihanna was so popping at that time, very much Meg the Stallion. And when it happened, it is so crazy that like if this was a white woman on a global scale who was beat or injured to the point where Rihanna's face was shown, it was so horrific that I don't know how just as a human being, you couldn't see another human being and literally feel horrified by how bad it was. But the fact that the world was split down the middle between, oh, did she give Chris an STD? Oh, did she hit him first? We know she's so spicy and she'd be acting crazy like black girls. She had to cause him to beat the literal shit out of her. The world was divided on this to the point where, yes, he got globally punished for it and he won't ever have his good boy image. But he still he just did thousand dollars for a meet and greet. Like, come on, Chris Brown ain't hurting for no money or no fame because I got friends who would still not give a fuck about him spitting in black women's face. They love it. Um, so it's just crazy to me that she went through all this trauma and this pain, um, you know, very much like Tina Turner, who talked about how that ruined her literal life because at all when she comes up, literally her name comes up as jokes, beat it like Ike. Beat it. So the fact that Rihanna became that new beat it like Chris and there were so many songs like this, it's just like to me, it blows my mind that she could be so popular and people still not care about her pain as a black woman. And the fact that the game would write a song like this and not give a fuck is just like, I can only imagine how it feels to be Rihanna and, and people just don't give a fuck. But I also know how it feels to be a black woman and the people around you legit not give a fuck. Um, so I wanted to bring that lyric, but also to introduce number 10, which is a song called literally Rihanna 
by Glasses Malone. And in this song, he says, treat it like Rihanna, beat it up, beat it up, because playing with the pussy ain't enough. I'm a treated like Rihanna, bitch. Call me Chris Brown. So this is someone who literally is saying this is not a joke. I will beat your ass, beat it up, like, or I will treat the pussy, right? I guess it is a quote unquote foreplay. But I'm saying he knows it's not a joke that Rihanna got her ass whooped, got beat by this literal man. And I'm going to treat it like how Rihanna did. And I'm a call me Chris Brown, bitch. So the fact that all these men who have daughters who literally look like this woman, if not even this is their preference of what a woman should look like and still not care about her feelings. Um, I know it was just uh, a famous topic this week where Mayno went on a show and said, talked about how he got checked by Keisha Cole because he was talking about fingering her in a club that he ain't never did. And she had a whole boyfriend and he was like, you know, she came and she checked me. And I respect that because before that, I didn't really know that there was you know, repercussions to just saying whatever the fuck I want. I just can't, you know, I can't say whatever I want. <gasps> Guys, m- much like Fabulous when he got checked by Solange and Beyonce for th- writing that song saying, if I could get with Beyonce, why would I want Solange? Um, He got his ass checked. But it just goes to show that men legit think that they can say and do whatever because they can. They have been going for so long without... Being, I mean, without being checked by people, without actually having to mind the way that women do, just getting to do whatever, that's what develops them into not giving a fuck about things because they can just say and do whatever. And it doesn't take away from from their success, from friendships. They will still have guy friends saying, that's cool. These you, This man, Glasses Malone, released a song called Rihanna to talk shit about the fact that this woman was beat. You named the song after her. And knew what happened to her and used that against her. It's so crazy to me. It's just wild that it takes you getting checked for you to realize a woman has feelings like, oh, wow, when it affects me, it does. That does make sense. It kind of isn't okay to do this when it comes back around to me. But just saying and doing whatever and hurting a woman's feeling doesn't mean anything. And it's just wild to me. Okay. I know we talked about how like only black men are really the ones held accountable for the things they say. And, and not even all the time, but... Back to white men just getting away with this stuff so publicly. Um, what, what number are we on? Number... Damn, we're already on number 11. Number 11 uh, is a song called Into the Night by Benny Mar- Mardunes. Mardens? I don't know how to say his last name. It's M-A-R-D-O-N-E-S. Go look it up if you want to know. Um, in the lyrics, he says, she's just 16 years old. Leave her alone, they say. Separated by fools who don't know what love is yet. I know this is back in the day, but even back in the day when the rules were murky, the fact that y'all looked at little girls as something. Well, and he even saying other people were trying to separate him and tell him that she's too young. Leave her alone. So, you know, it's bad. But let me make a song about it. Talking about how I'm literally in love with a 16 year old. But even in 2022, they just made a whole fucking song. I'm a whole fucking movie for Elvis. And still talk about Priscilla Presley as if she was just such a beautiful woman when she was 15 when this man was with her. 15 when this grown ass man was with her. It's like, let's make a movie about it. Act like that was just so normal. Still don't hold him accountable. Meanwhile, they put R. Kelly in jail as he should. Let me never try to act like that shit went wrong. But this man, I mean, Elvis, the fact that his image and he culturally appropriated black people. That's the only reason he was even successful copying off of us. We still going to let him double down on his bullshit by 
making a movie about him when he was with a 15 year old like that wasn't scandalous as shit um so it just goes to show that white men get away with this shit even till this day and it's not really that big a deal unless it it comes it just really isn't it still isn't they it most of them don't lose their job or any their wives or anything unless it becomes super super big and then even then they still don't even serve time for this so number 12 is very much on that narrative very much on that um it's called rock queen by love hate The lyrics state, met a little girl, just 13. She's a knockdown, blue-eyed slut, psycho virgin tease. And I wanted to talk about these lyrics because he called a 13-year-old a blue-eyed slut, psycho virgin tease. A virgin tease. Someone who is a virgin, who is a child, a 13-year-old, he thinks is teasing him. What men think is teasing is actually a woman just saying no. A woman can literally be like, no. And he's like, I know you want it. Very much blurred lines. You're a good girl, but I know you want it. And if I just, you know, wear you down. And men teach little boys this. Even if she says no, do you want that? Wear her down to the point where a woman will get scared or maybe just give in because it's like, what? This is what I'm supposed to do. Or I don't know how he going to act if I say no. Or maybe he just likes me that much. So he won't stop trying. Pursuing, per like, preservation, preparing, even when I'm getting a no. No literally means no. That's why rape and consent is so murky with a lot of men because to asking a woman 20 times until you tell her she's a, a terrible girlfriend, a horrible wife, or I'm going to fuck the next bitch, and then getting sex is still rape. Even if she said yes on the 20th time because she, and she's in fear that this may ruin her relationship, it's still, I said no, which is still rape. You're coercing women into sex. So the fact that this girl is 13 years old and you see that as a tease it shows you how men really see. It. And I remember I had an ex who told me this. He was showing me a video of this little girl dancing. She was like nine, but she was twerking. And he's like, you see, and see, this is what I'll be talking about. When little girl started sluts. I said, nine years old, you think that she's a hoe and asking for grown men to have sex with her because she learned how to pop her butt by watching videos. He's like, you, they know what they're doing. A nine-year-old knows what she's doing. She knows that she's telling men to, grown men to come have sex with her and rape her by popping her, her butt and moving her hips and having fun. That's what she's doing. Men really think that. They've been told this in lyrics and and these um these narratives and and be told these same these stories about women that they're just teases they're just whores sluts and even if they act like they don't want it they do want you they just want to make you feel bad or make you uh pursue them and it's really awfully and fuck really awful and fucking disgusting okay we are coming to the almost the very end we got a couple more songs we are on number 13 which is a fan favorite because i even like this song let this song come on i might sing to it a little bit with the white people and sway in the wind outside you know um it's called every breath you take by the police every breath you take that song um he says every breath you take every move you make every bond you break every step you take i'll be watching you and while it can seem like this is just a misunderstood song and it's about under the undying love, devotion and attention to a woman you just really love. It's actually just stalking. The song is all about a man stalking a woman and saying that I will always um, be watching you. And it's like 
This reminds me of the Carucci story when Chris Brown kept stalking her, following her, and then people were calling him out on the news. And he was like, I'm sorry, but this is what you're supposed to do when you love a woman. What do y'all do? Don't you show a woman that um, you love them when you are, uh, when you just want them back? Don't you show them? How do you show them when they don't want you no more? Nigga, you leave them the fuck alone. But then you see songs like this. So we've been singing for decades and it makes you think that that is normal. I do have to keep showing her that I, I love her and care and she better bring her ass back here because a lot of women think that that is what they want. And that's not why men do it. Men don't do it because they think it's what women want. Because if you wanted to do what you thought she wanted, you wouldn't be doing this. You would have actually treated her right. But a lot of women think that that's what they want in a response to men doing it because they do it so often. When a man is like, I won't let you leave, it makes a lot of women feel like, yeah, he he wants me that bad. When in the relationship, he's treating you like shit. So I wanted to talk about that song because I actually know that song and never even actually decided to think about what it was about. It's terrible. Um, Number 14 is a song that is really, really weird. Okay. It's, it's given Eminem energy. It's Confessions by Cameron. Let me see the lyrics. <laughs> Cameron. I said Cameron. Cameron. Um, who sings, hey, ma, what's up? Let's lie. All right. We can get in on a nine. I just heard that at bingo when I won the other day. But anyways, Cameron's song, Confessions, he talks about, wait, hold on. Oh, I, okay. I don't have specific lyrics, but the song in completely is about a variety of just his sins from doing like, from selling drugs to peeing in his grandfather's orange juice at one point, incest with his aunt, which if that really did happen, you know, that's trauma and him trying to express that. And that's a whole nother thing to talk about, but also raping his poodle. <sighs> now how the dog in this, now what the dog do like uh, raping the poodle. That's so weird. Just, I just, I know, and that's why I said it reminds me of Eminem, because you just say whatever comes to mind. But there was niggas who used to fuck goats and really stick their dicks and things. And niggas who who really be doing weird shit with their dog. Joe Budden admitted to pleasuring his dog. I just can't. I just, uh, fucking a poodle. I like poodles. I, I just don't understand what's wrong with you niggas. I don't. <sighs> okay, the last and final lyric that I want to talk about is... By Three Six Mafia. And Three Six Mafia got away with a lot because my mama was playing Three Six Mafia. Didn't give a fuck. We was playing Three Six Mafia. And the fact that black people are so religious and they are, this group is literally called Three Six Mafia, 666 the devil. And niggas loved it. As long as it was black men being misogynistic and niggas ain't gay and our boys are boys, they don't give a fuck about really Christianity, which is just insane because. If my son comes out gay, that's crazy. But uh, a group literally named Three Six Mafia and raps, Lucifer is our king. Literally, Lucifer is our king. Y'all don't give a fuck about. It's just, it's it's given oxymoron. It's given um, condescending. It's given contradiction is what I mean to say. Because I'm just throwing words out at this point. <laughs> Anyways, and fucking with this click by Three Six Mafia, the lyrics state. I'm not a Christian. Okay, so 
Shot up blood, it's the smoke that they check with no pity I bloody the shot that they check with Neutrality gets fired, they dying like I was pregnant I'm having no thoughts of the life of the these hoes will never quit until you leave them hanging from a tree or throw them in a ditch, which is both two forms of murder, double homicide. And this is, you know, just imagery. I know a lot of people would like to say that this is just them talking, them saying stuff. But what what is so crazy to me is like, we're never talking, we're never punching up. We're never punching up at the systems. We're never talking about hanging white men from a tree after they've been hanging us from a tree. Let's Let's punch down and hang women from a tree. Let's just like how we were hung back in the day. Let's just hang our women. It's it's crazy to me and throw them in a ditch and murder them like which happens to women all of the time. So I chose this as the last lyric because the one last um, song that I wanted to talk about is not necessarily the lyrics either. But oh, that's my whole list. Y'all congratulations. We got through it. It's a. It was a lot. It was a shit show. Um, but this is a story I want to talk about because it brings the wraps around what the point of this whole list was. Um, it's it's a, it's by it's Texas Boy by Big Lurch. And, you know, not necessarily this song. But the acts, not this song necessarily, but the acts of what this man did after is what I'm here to talk about. Um, in the song, he talks about cutting someone with a machete or he'd cut a girl with a machete and he claimed to be a devious mischievous child or devilish mischievous child the devil lucifer you know what i'm saying the devilish mischievous child the bad seed but what's so disturbing is that outside of these lyrics and outside of this song this is a man who was born in dallas a rapper he's currently serving life prison for murdering his 21 year old female roommate not even his girlfriend anything literally a roommate and who knows what was the reason behind him murdering her um but she was discovered in los angeles with teeth marks on her body and on her face and pieces of her lung had been torn out of her chest so this man big merch big lurch was found um covered in blood later on and he served a life sentence but this is what i'm talking about these lyrics, these messages, reiterating this to men, nurturing men to not have empathy for women, women, and instead of punching up at the systems that have made them be in the predicaments they in, we'll punch down at women because we have power and oppression over them. When I'm angry, I can take it out on someone who I know that I have power over. And men do this with women all of the time. The fact that what most of all of these lyrics have in common and all of these songs have in common is harm to women, murder, violence, you know, except for the one song by Iggy Azalea, which is is still fucking violence. You being a slave master, but it's a white girl. So you see that it's these are all people who have power using their power to punch down at people who are under them, who are soci- or in society, do not have as much power to them. And it's just like. We wonder how evil the world is and how it becomes, how you will talk to your brother or your sons or your uncles one day and then see that they're on the news for murdering a woman the next day. And you like, he would never because in, in my eyes, he's like this and, and he's not this person. Actually, I just sat down with, uh, I was buying weed from this dude when I was in Texas. Uh, one of my homeboys I went to high school with and he was telling me how he was a fuck boy in high school and how he was so awful to the girls. He was like a couple years under me. So to me, he was just a sweet little innocent baby. Growing up in this group with these other guys, I thought he was so nice. And I'm like, wait, you were a fuckboy? How did I miss this? I thought you were so sweet. He was like, I was so sweet. I was still that person. And he's like, 
masculinity is literally two different people. You are literally two different people. You are performing one way and having to be one way so that you are accepted in this brotherhood. Whereas you can be killed or terrorized or harmed if you are not accepted into this brotherhood and you're groomed this way. People are not are telling you don't show emotion, don't cry, don't ever be nice. And you get in relationships with women. How are you supposed to perform a certain way you were never allowed to be? And he was like, so I was that person to you. I wasn't fake. It wasn't me putting on an act. It was literally, I am just two different people. And I've realized that a lot of men are narcissists and psychopaths and sociopaths because they are masking healthy behaviors. I'm in a relationship with my girlfriend. I know I hold her hand. I know I have sex. I know I buy her flowers. I know I mask and mirror these behaviors I'm supposed to do while actually not feeling genuine love and connection to this person. I truly believe a lot of men are that way. Even the quote unquote good men, they are expected to be a man before a human. And that's what causes so many of these things to occur. How could you live with someone every day, be your roommate and literally rip their guts out of their body? rip their lung out of their body, out of their, how do you do that? Because I feel like that mask is there. I'm masking being a normal, regular person and just moving about like I have empathy and emotions when really they don't. They lack that because it's, you know, I don't believe people are born evil. I truly don't. I do believe white people have genetically developed sociopathic behavior because in genetics, like elephants who, Elephants, certain elephant with the horn in the middle of their head were being killed for their horn. And so they started being born without the horn because genetically they it was survival. So I do believe that your genetics is determined a certain way, but I don't believe anyone is evil. I believe it's nature versus nurture and boys are nurtured into being awful people like they lack They're They're not expected to be nice or empathetic. Think about it. When you're raising your sons, do you tell them to go to school and. Uh, you have to combat the fact that this world is raising to be a certain way. You have to combat that. You have to tell them to go to school and be nice to a woman you're not attracted to. How about just helping someone out, even if you don't think you're going to get something back for it, just nurturing them to be the opposite of what the world is telling them to be. Because the fact that the majority of this is masculinity and harm on women, it's not just like, oh, we have this bro code and fuck hoes. It's murder them and put them in a fucking ditch, hang them by a tree, rip out their guts drug them until they're unconscious is literally don't give a fuck about their existence and their feelings if it doesn't make us feel good or if it doesn't affect us in a in a not a positive way and it's just like it's so horrific y'all <sighs> so hopefully calling out the bullshit will get y'all to realize and i just can't get over the rolling stones i'm sorry i just can't believe that they so blatantly was like Woo, look at that field over there whipping. I could just smell the niggas. I can just smell it. I could just smell the whippings and the niggas and the slaves. And let me go over there and taste a little black girl. Like, then wrote a song and white people were like, kumbaya, my lord. But anyways, yeah, we got to check that shit. No more rapping and singing to lyrics. That's why I can't rap and sing to a lot of rap. Because I don't want to rap about y'all loving light skins and hating dark girls. I don't want to rap about y'all thinking women deserves to be beaten and, and cheated and skeeted on. I, I don't want to rap along to rape and all that misogynistic shit. I don't. Ch- shout out to B because she made um, Renaissance and she took off abusers and people like that. But, you know, check your husband. Check the home. Okay, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back with my Black Sheep of the Week. Of the Week. But Black Sheep of the Week. Hey, Black Sheep of the Week. (laughs) Okay, we're back. And my Black Sheep of the Week is going to go to none other than Kid Fury because... 
First of all, the read is the reason why I started podcasting. They just, I had never even heard of podcasting, but I was dating a girl at this time who let me listen to it. And I was like, oh my God. And just blown away by the fact that I, it was the first time I had ever in my life heard people who shared my views. I came from Texas where a couple of people felt like things may were be a little racist or a little bit um, sexist, but I had never heard someone speak on misogynoir, Noir, every little thing, boom, 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 like the read did. And I know I mentioned earlier that they were taking a break and Kid Fury has been producing for Rap Shit. Rap Shit is so good. Okay, he's been producing for it. He's taking a break for his mental health. And I just wanted to talk about how much I appreciate and love him for that because we just watched Wendy Williams literally self-destruct because she was forced to put her career over literally her mental health, her life, all the things that were happening to her that was fucking her up. We saw what happened to Britney Spears. So to see an artist choose in this moment i know my fans love me but i need to take a break and to say it he said it on the podcast and was vulnerable with us we don't deserve that no one deserves that from anyone so the fact that he shared that with us it's like i love him so much because you let me know i'm fine with taking a break you know they're literally putting off millions by taking this break and all of this money, but he chose his livelihood. And I just, I love that. It's so important. And he put up a proof of life for us today. So shout out to you, Kid Fury, because I am so happy for you. I just, I love the read. Y'all are my um, cousins from afar. Y'all don't know me, but I fuck with y'all. One day y'all will know my name. And yeah, our black sheep of the week goes to you. Okay, speaking of rap shit, what we've been watching, look, rap shit, the last episode was so damn good. I legit got off of that episode and had to contact my best friend because that shit was so damn good. Um, So in this episode, they got to hear their club, their song be played in the club, but it took so long to get up to that moment because they were having a crazy night. They're, um, damn, I can't remember what their, their, what's their name? Let me go look up these names real quick. Okay, so Chastity, which is they, um, which is Blue from Black Girls Club, Jonica, Jonica, whatever. She is basically their manager. We had them stand in line, really trying to actually get their shit played. Um, I fuck with her because while she going through so much, she trying to get her money. And yeah, she tricking and she trying to watch out for these girls, but she she into some hood shit, but she trying to really make a way. And I I love that you see all of these people really try to make a way. Even Lamont, the baby daddy, I definitely switched how I felt on him in a quick minute when he pawned his shit to make sure he made a way for his kids, paid them bills for his baby mama. Um, so to watch Chastity really come through for them in the end and get their song played, and she spent $1,500 to make it happen because she knew it was an investment for the future, and I fuck with that vision. Um, Shauna... Let's lose. They do. So they finally let loose. They take some drugs. They take some pills. And I ain't talking plan B, which homegirl takes later in the episode, which is, you know what? Have a nigga roll up to the club and bring your plan B, bitch. Okay. Do you want this baby or not? Roll up. This where we at. Send a plan B. And her nigga did that. And I fuck with that. And she was like telling her best friend, bitch, at least I ain't had 10 abortions or five abortions. Her friend was like, so that's what I'm saying. However, we got to get it done, get it done. Anyway, Shauna loosened up. They took drugs. When I tell you, the filters, the way they film the show is so good. It's really for the new generation. The way they did that little uh, horse filter. Oh, my God. On Mia, that had me dying. Um, so, Chelsea rose up in the hood, have them in the hood while they tripping on drugs. And, 
Yo, it just gets wild. Mia kidnaps a dog. Chastity, like, get this dog the fuck out of my car. Like, it's so funny. This episode is so damn funny. And then in the end, it's like one of those hangover nights. Like, you just watch all these things happen. And finally, that last moment, everything comes together and makes sense. And their song is played. And they run around the club. And they find each other. And that moment just made me be like, damn, like... Yes, watching them get closer and watching them have their moment. Damn, it's, this show is really good. Feminism, womanhood, I love this shit. I love women supporting women. Um, The mind of Issa Rae is so amazing. I love this woman so much. And if you ain't seen it, you got you definitely got to see it. Mia finally uh shifts her, her clothing a little bit, gets a little sexier. And I'm going to just say it. She didn't get rid of that nigga. Okay, she needs to get rid of that nigga. They about to go to New York the next episode, and we gonna see what that's about. Cause I'm I'm done with this nigga. Um, on to the next. P Valley, Lil Murder is a murderer. <laughs> I know I be skipping to the end of episodes, but I be like, oh, this how, this how we left off. This is what I need to talk about. Um, Lil Murder at the whole episode tension is just rising because he is he has to bury teak and he has to go view the body and so while he's viewing the body they see that these niggas is still or when he goes to the funeral his homies show him that this other nigga still running his mouth claiming the the killing and just you know acting like tough and i told y'all always check how nigga act with his friends because a nigga will act one way then get with his friends and just be on that rah-rah and that rah-rah got him put in the ground because he went, Lil Murder goes to confront this nigga and he's like, I didn't do it. I swear I didn't kill him. Duh, nigga, because I saw him die. But you know what? You want to run your mouth and play like you God, nigga? Meet, meet your maker right here. And for a second, when he brought up his son, he was like, oh, yeah, I know your son. And and I was like, oh, he ain't going to do it. He ain't going to do it. <sighs> I ain't going to do it. He did it. He was like, I'll tell, I'll tell your son that you love him. And he killed him. And I know that that pain, that's what I'm talking about, by not being able to process your emotions as a man and being forced into that life because that nigga was running his mouth. I ain't going to say he deserved to die, but that is it's a cold world. It's doggy dog. We already, we just buried a fr- uh, buried this nigga. Nobody else knows how he died. And then you want to claim it? Don't play with me. Not everybody think you did it. And here you go. You get to you get to eat them words. You get to eat that bullet. Um but we don't condone violence, especially black men to black men, because we need our black people to be coming together. But Lil Murder is now a little homicide, okay? <laughs> he got a little homicide going. He got a little... I didn't know his his name would be foreshadowing when what was going to happen, but I guess, <laughs> you know. You know, they, the writing is just... Uh, it's phenomenal. It's cinematic glory. Um, Mississippi re- returns to the pink. I love it. She needs to return home. She tricked Derek, not tricked him, but made him think it was his idea to let her go back. And she is going to try to make an escape after collecting some money. I'm all for it. I'm all for light skin helping her, but that girl get on my damn nerves. Like every part with her and that black man is so boring. I thought it was just me. I'm like, you know, I ain't trying to just hate on her because I do like her as a person or like, like her character, but she just gets on my fucking nerves. But I went online, everybody else was like, get them off the show. I don't give a damn about him. The most interesting thing was him and his black wife, him catching his black wife cheating. I swear to God, it was the most interesting thing because it was like, it was emotional. It was like, okay, give us something. Okay? Because this relationship is, it's giving nothing. It's giving nothing. It's giving up. Gave up. It's gone. I'm, I'm ready for it to be done. Um. Oh, I still want Derek dead. And 
roulette. Listen, roulette is a beast. While we on the tro- the um, while we on this whole wave of feminism right now, coming from white rap shit, roulette. I thought this was about to be some player club shit where she was gonna let that girl get raped or strangled. And side note, what people don't understand is when you get choked like that, even if for a short period of time, that can cut off your circulation. That can cause a stroke, a seizure. That can fuck you up for life from being choked one time, from being strangled. A lot of people don't know that. That that's why during sex you have to choke from the side and not from the the front. Like you have to do it in a safe way because choking can truly do some damage to your body later in life. It's not healthy to be strangled. Um, and so roulette comes back with her gun, points it to this nigga, pops off some rounds. Um, but you know, she has one ticket and one bullet in the chamber. So it's like, she literally playing roulette with this nigga. She puts one in her head. She's like, I've been with death. I know this ain't my time. What's up, nigga? I'm not afraid of death. And if if it is, what's up? And then I was like, oh my God, does she really have a gun in this chamber? And the whole time I was thinking that at the end, you see, she did have a bullet in there and it's like, Wow. That's one boss ass bitch. She was like, you got me fucked up. I ain't got nothing to live. I ain't got nothing to lose. And they take this nigga car at the end. Leave this nigga butt naked, take his clothes and his car. Oh, black women. Okay. Black women. I'm just, you know what I'm saying? I just, it's too much. <sighs> okay. The last thing I'm going to cover real quick because... It's it's my birthday. It's my pre-birthday weekend. I bitch got to go. I got a shit to do. Um, I watched Single Black Female, y'all. I really love this movie. I love this movie that I will watch this over and over and over again. So it's a play on from single white female, which that's so crazy. I've been saying single black female so long. It sounds weird saying single white female. But uh, it's a movie about a girl whose friend becomes obsessed with her, starts dressing like her, shit like that. Um, so it's very much that. But it's showing big black women be bosses. For so long, first of all, black women are the butt of the joke at all times. Yes, we're funny, but not at your amusement. And so big black women have always had to be the butt of the joke just to be seen. So the fact that they show these two beautiful black women who definitely do look alike until you actually watch the movie, when you actually see them for who they are in themselves and you see their own characteristics, they don't really look alike. I'm like, they really don't fucking look alike Um, because you have to actually personify them instead of just looking at them as fat black women. You have to see them as humans. And the show does that a great job of that. They show their differences. They put amazing clothing on them that like actually fits their curves and their body and, and shows off their amazing features. It is so good. I really, really like this movie. And let me tell you right now, K. Michelle can act. Yes. Her her role was still very much who she kind of is. She was acting, baby. She was acting. Oh, my God. This was so good. And Dark Skin and Viv is in it. There's just so many things. Uh, oh, what's his name is in it? I have been watching this nigga and everything. Duvall. Duvall, I really like him. He, I really like him. He was on the read, too. And I was like, let me go figure out who this is, him and his wife. He is really cool. I like him. He's been on other shows that my mama be watching. And he was on Equalizer. Go watch Equalizer by Queen Latifah. That shit is good. I'm actually going to binge that shit all day because it's it's really good. So that's what I've been watching. Um, Let's get to our micro of the week. Okay. I need to teach y'all. I'm going to have to school y'all since it's free. Come here. Come here. Come close. Back up. Come closer. My micro of the week, microaggression, which means racist shit y'all be doing that's coveted that y'all try to act not, like it's not a big deal. Stop asking black women about their hair. Stop asking black women about our fucking hair. It's nuts because I know people, I, I had a girl once uh, ask me about my hair and then later admit that 
she like, oh, yeah, this other black girls get mad when I ask about my hair. So, you know, black women get mad and you still ask because it's really it's a microaggression because white women wear weave all the time. Non-black women, Latina, um, Asian, they all wear wigs. They all wear extensions because their hair be flat. So they be making their hair bigger. Everyone does it. But you don't automatically walk up to them and be like, is this weave? Is this your hair was short yesterday? How is it long today? Those are fucking microaggressions. It really is. It's another, uh, it's another like, just you trying to low key be like, oh yeah, you're black, so you ain't got good hair, or your hair won't grow, or you got weave, or your hair ain't real. Y'all hoes don't be having the real hair either, and ain't nobody going to get these golden retriever hair to look like y'all. Period. So stop talking to black women about their hair. Compliment them if you want to say you look cute. I look cute. Don't say shit about my hair. Don't touch my hair. None of that shit. That is a huge microaggression. Stop asking black women about their hair. I remember I went to the club one time. I was with one of my old friends and she was Spanish and she just knew even then it was microaggression. The girl, I had locks. I had faux, red faux locks in, bitch. You know, good and well, you're not about to leave. Well, some of y'all, but you're not about to leave this store. She was like a Starbucks type white. And go put this shit in your hair. So why are you asking me? But she was like, oh my God, where did you get that hair from? I said the hair store. She said, oh my God, like Sally's? I said, yeah, girl. And me and my friend walked out and bust out laughing. I'm like, she was like, it's just so beautiful. Blah, blah. Like, go Google it, bitch. I'm not here. I didn't come to the restroom drunk to give to school you and give you a, a cosmetology lesson, bitch. My mama did this. I don't even know how to do it. Fuck out my face. So stop doing that shit. Don't say nothing to black women about their hair, period. If you're not going to ask the next Karen about her hair. Oh, oh, Let, okay. We can get to our party favor. Party favors. Um, Stop dating. Just this is to everyone. Stop dating people you can't stand. There, uh, what's his name? Oh God, this story about Terrell Owens, Tio finding a. I mean, a Karen found him. This white woman harassed him in his neighborhood. Um, my thing is, I remember the show of. Terrell Owens, when he, um, I was going to say this in my nut, but I forgot. So I'm going to make this a party favor so y'all can stop playing with me. Um, he met, he had that show and he had all these black women around him supporting him for his emotional labor, doing shit for him. But he would, they, they had to stay in the hotel together. They were like cousins or like um, close friends, like his publicists, whoever the fuck they were. And he would talk shit about them wrapping their hair. And he's like, that's why I don't date y'all and blah, blah, blah. Just degrading the fuck out of them. Y'all niggas be dating the same type of women that be making y'all so mad when they come at you in a privileged way. Dating the same women who be clapping and calling y'all Negroes behind closed doors. Same women who be murdering y'all. Stop dating them. My party favorites, y'all. So stop dating people you can't stand. Um, who who use the privilege around you? Like I don't I don't get it. It's like these are the women you legit said you would only date snow bunnies. This, there they go. There go that dandruff right there coming back at you about to try to put you in jail for going to the mailbox. Who my party favorite is to be real with yourself so that the rest of the world can be real with you. <laughs> All right, y'all. Bye.